Here we go! Hey there, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And you are tuned in to Church Nerds, a back row morning show. And this show is made possible by listeners just like you and a strong partnership between Back Row Radio and Love Thy Nerd. And aside from being a founding member of the aforementioned Love Thy Nerd, which is a ministry that exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors, I have almost eight years experience in nerd culture missions, as well as over a decade of professional Christian work on church staff. That's... It gets more impressive every stop, time I say you, it. Stop saying that. I can't help it. You Sometimes say that like every I impress myself. No, stop, you've said that before. You're going to say, I don't know, something else. Wow, that was really good. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. Also, I'm Anna, and I have nothing to say about myself, though. Oh, so you say that every week, this though. This is me um, casting stones and living in a glass house. Well, your last name did used to be Stone. I, yes, that's my that. maiden name. Uh I, good morning, everyone. I am here. Or oh. good afternoon, good evening, good evening and or good, good night. night. Whatever time of day you're listening to this, I just don't have anything interesting to well, say about myself. This is a fun little myself. intro, isn't it? <laughs> I am a ray of sunshine here with you today. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I um, we, we may not have anything interesting to say about ourselves here and now, but what we do have to say that's pretty interesting is that we actually just got done this past weekend doing some streaming with our children. It's true. I think when you have kids that are young ages, you actually spend a lot of time trying not to be interesting because you're trying not to be a spectacle so much of the time. Correct. Yeah. Like in the grocery store and you see someone who looks a little bit strange and your children loudly remark on every strange thing about them or the size of certain Anything. Parts of their bodies or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> strange colors of lipstick or I'm trying to, these are real things yeah. that my children have all commented you on loudly probably, in grocery stores. You all probably have your own things that your children have said if you have them or mm. your nieces or nephews. Or maybe somebody else's children have said them about you. Yeah, I wasn't going to go there, but if you don't I mean, know, you're, it's probably you. Yeah, I will. I mean, they'll tell you how your breath is or if you I think I told one of my aunts who usually I saw wearing makeup and then we slept over like it was Christmas, you know, uh -huh. or whatever. She got up in the morning and I was like, you look dead. <laughs> and now I'm like, I bet my dad who it was his sister, he probably just wanted to die. Uh, yeah. Or kill you. One or the other. The floor. Yeah. Either he's dead or you're dead. One or the other. Oh, but we yeah. did do some streaming. So um, if you guys are unfamiliar, and it's okay if you are, because this is a weird world to be a part of. This this tabletop, board game industry, video game kind of deal. There's a very large um, industry event called Gen Con that happens every year, usually in Indianapolis. And it has about 80,000 people that show up. And with the global pandemic... Corona Lisa, mm -hmm. um, we are not able to meet and do conventions. So for Love Thy Nerd, that's because really- Because that is more than 10. Uh, it's a little bit more than 10. Yeah. Um, well, you can even get it with less than 10. It's all about, you know, um, contact tracing and all sorts of stuff. 
don't get your corona information from us. Do on, not. Yeah. Do not do that. No. Yeah, I, I know less We're and less. We're not up to date anymore. Nope. I have no idea what's going on. Um, so, but anyway, um, usually we would get together and do these things. We can't do it. So we decided, hey, what if we did a streaming event because Gen Con was taking their convention online. Mm-hmm. So we ended up from Thursday all the way through Sunday, we streamed every day board game content um, of, you know, um, you and I playing or Matt and a group playing or on Sunday, which is usually for Gen Con family day. Right. We decided. And like discounted ticket prices and it's like, bring your whole yeah, crew with you because stuff to do for the kids everybody's and- tired at this convention anyway. Just bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. So we decided, why not bring that to the online space? Uh-huh. And I, what I didn't know was that this was a fairly unique concept. Like, really? Yeah. When Matt pitched it, I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Absolutely. Let's Duh. do it. And then I didn't see anybody else do that. Now, that's not to say nobody did, but I didn't see anybody else do it. And maybe for what we're going to talk about for the next five minutes is here's why. Um <laughs> But we invited our kids to come and join us on stream. Matt played four games with his kids. We played three or four. It was four. And the whole family didn't play every game. Not but every it was game. Four. But, you know, kind of back and forth doing mm-hmm. some stuff. And so we played a bunch of games. And I'm not going to bore you with all that. But I do want to bore you with going over to our YouTube channel, lovethynerd.com slash YouTube. And you can find all of those games that we played throughout the weekend on there. If you need something to put on in the background or whatever... This is probably your jam. Only um, if you like lots of yelling. Lots of yelling, lots of laughing, um, uh, lots of correction. It, it's here's the thing: is that playing games with kids, it's different. Yeah, it is different, and so I think the tendency for a lot of us is just to not because it's hard. Um, like pieces are getting knocked over or lost or. Um, Kids quitting, getting bored, or just so much talking all the time. Yes. Like, all the time. (laughs) So it was was video, right? We were live streaming the playthrough. And so you can just, what we've been doing is like rolling back the film and just like watching the kids' faces as we're trying to talk about the game and play the game. Yeah. Levi is just making big wide eyes <laughs> and like, like frog. Playing with his tongue. Yeah. La, 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 frog la, la, faces la. and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and then Caleb. they're all so stoked to see themselves on camera. Caleb, bless his heart, is trying so hard just to be normal. Be serious, everybody. He's trying really hard. And then he finds himself like pointing out his brother and sister for being weird. We had a silly safe word, pumpkin, uh-huh. um, that... Hey, if you're getting too silly, we're going to say pumpkin, and that's... Because that I saw that happening before it happened. Yeah. Just... Which worked out pretty pretty decently, actually. Um, Levi, I, I reached over and told him, hey, bud, I need you to calm down. I'm trying to explain the game. And he goes, oh, you mean pumpkin? I'm like, <laughs> yes, pumpkin. Okay. Um, but Matt played games with his kids. They had a great time. <laughs> had to have some come-to-Jesus conversations after some of theirs. And we also had our stories, and, and so some you talked. Jesus meetings. You were talking about kids quitting. Um, yeah, we had that happen during potion explosion. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it just it started to get. It wasn't so much that the game was so long, but no. our kids had already been sitting in the garage, sitting, you know, for a while. 
before this happened. And we didn't start streaming until like six or seven o'clock our time so they were Sunday just, night. They were tired and I don't know why it's kind of exhausting streaming and it's being hot like, here. it is hot, but also just, I think the pressure of knowing that people are watching you, it just weighs on you. Yes. And so the kids- Having to always be on. Everybody was just kind of tired. I was tired. And so uh, the kids were just like, you know, four or five turns in and I'm done. Yeah, this is boring. I quit. <laughs> Levi just, he was he like, just, I'm done. I, I think I'm gonna go play some video games. And Bye. so we did. <laughs> so I took over for him. And then the next one to drop was Caleb. Yeah. Caleb was like, why is this happening. game going on so long? I'm well, because like, normal... Levi said it and then other people started to say it. I it's think... the tugging of the thread. Yes, yes. Naomi would have left too if she had not already said this was her favorite game. It was her favorite game. So she stayed to the end, uh -huh. watched Daddy win. And then they were able to leave. Yeah. Um, the first game we played, Beast of Balance, my favorite game of all time, period, hands down. My kids love it. Everybody I teach it to loves it. Um, that's very, very rewarding for me. Mm -hmm. um, that's not why it's my favorite game, but that is just good. It's, it's validation. Levi was asked to share a story yeah. by the one and only Kate Katawaki. Right, um, your podcast partner. My podcast partner, dear friend of mine, she, around our house, is not Kate. No. She is Kate, Kate Katawaki. Katawaki, 100% of the time. I don't know why. That's a lot of syllables. I don't know. It's just, it's fun to say. So <laughs> the kids refer to her as Kate Katawaki, and so she is in the comment section on Twitch. And they were stoked about it. Twitch.tv slash love thy nerd. Go check us out. There'll be more about that later. But they were like, is Kate here? Is Kate Katawaki here? Is Kate Katawaki here? So, of course, Kate loves that. She's a narcissist at heart. And so <laughs> she wants everybody to be her friend. And so she asks Levi to tell her a story. And Levi Which says... we had prepared for. I, I didn't know that. Because I always feel caught off guard when you're like, tell a story. And I'm much more comfortable with talking to you like this right now yeah. and can think of things to say than on camera. For some right. reason, I'm just like, Ugh. Well, because you you're not locking <laughs> eyes with the internet. Yeah. So I told, specifically, he was telling me that he wanted to talk about skinning his knee at the water park. Yeah. And I was like, okay, just save that story. And if daddy wants to, you to tell a story, tell that story. That's the one. Yeah. So then Kate asks Levi specifically to tell her a story. And I'm like, great. This is our moment. Yes, we have prepared. And then... He fumbled. This is He said, okay, I'll tell you a story. Um, first of all, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, what? We're all just dying. All, all of us are dying I laughing except for Levi. I not even know what to say. I, I, I was just like, just... What I just wanted to know what happened next. Like, oh, how is he going to recover from this? And he, he was, was so embarrassed. He was so, so it was like painful to watch how embarrassed he, he was. He was like, I don't mean love you, love you. <laughs> and then he plugs his ears and he's... Because everybody was laughing. At yeah. He put his fingers in his ears and just yelled like, ah! <laughs> because he does that. it was like yeah. he just could, he knew he couldn't take it back. <laughs> it was already out, it was there. out there. And I just wanted, I was just trying to move on. Like, it was so good. Just move on. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, we have a we have the clip of it, and we'll yes. share the clip in the show notes and all that. But we had a good time, and it was it was good for me. And we had a lot of people that watched that told us, "Hey, thank you so much for sharing this time 
with us, with your kids, right? Um, you know, because they they get to see me, they get to see Matt, they get to see you, they get to hear us, all that stuff. But to see us interact with our kids and to have some legitimate parenting moments um, about all this stuff, you know, when they do act up or when Just locking eyes with them and threatening them with your eyeballs when. Uh, Poor Caleb, who just was so tired he couldn't stop picking his nose on stream. You know, like, how do we deal with moments like that? Um, you guys got to see some of that. And if you didn't, you can go back and watch the stream. But uh, we would love to have you come we're, and hang out with us. We are not giving any of those games away that were played during the nose picking. Just in just, case anybody's yeah, wondering. Not that specific <laughs> copy, no. Um, but uh, we would love to have you come and hang out with us if you do. And we'll talk more about this as we close the show. But we stream every Tuesday through Saturday. Not Anna and I, but Love Thy Nerd, we stream every Tuesday through Saturday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash Love Thy Nerd. And this is something that's new for us. We've only been doing just a little over a month, but it's proving to be successful. So we want to invite you to come and hang out with us or someone that you know that would be interested in coming and watching some gaming content by Love Thy Nerd. So, um, hey, we are going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we are going to talk about, oh boy, um, biblical representations in the entertainment industry. We're going to start off next segment with ones that don't really do it so well. And then in the following segment, we'll talk about ones that we think are doing it bangarang well so stick around listen to some sweet tunes and we'll be back here on back row radio Hey there, and welcome back to Church Nerds here on Back Row Radio, the live 365 app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I don't care, wherever you found us. We're just glad that you're here. Last week, we started part one of our books versus movie discussion. Yeah, so last week we talked about some of our favorite series that have been... Pause. I said last week. It really wasn't last week. Let's be real. We skipped a week in between. It's fine. We're having a... We've had some... uh, I began a conversation about this... We feel badly, yeah. but life has been happening. Last week was streaming for Gen Con was what took up all your time. It really did. So we had to we had to back burner uh, a few things, yeah. and, and that was one of them. We're going to try and be better about it going forward. Yes, okay. Sorry. So anyway, well, we talked about some series, uh, like book series, that have been interpreted on film in the last 10 to 15 years. Give or take, yeah. The things we liked about them, the things we hated about them, um, you know, all of it. So this week we wanted to actually zero in, I guess last week was, or last episode was kind of more on the nerd side of things. Yes. And this week we wanted to zero in a little bit more on the church side of things and talk about a book. What? One book, the Mm -hmm. book. A compilation of 66 other books. The good book. The best the book. Holy Bible Aww. and how that has, you know, obviously every, we can every agree. Christian's favorite book, because if you don't it say that be. the Bible is your favorite yeah, book on you your social media thing, profile, if you could take one thing out of your house, if it was burning down, what would it be? The Bible, the Bible, not your ins- not your homeowners, nope. like your big binder that you keep in a safe, just your Bible yep. and uh, physician's desk coders. reference hollowed out with a copy of the Bible inside of it. <laughs> 
Anyway, so obviously, hopefully we can agree, though, that the book is better than the movie. I think we have to. In this one instance. I think we have to. But that doesn't mean that people have not tried to sort of capture its essence on the silver screen. Yeah. And so we wanted to talk about that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to kick off this first segment here with a look at how poorly the Bible has been represented to the masses. No way. Yeah, I really... It's <laughs> impossible to represent it poorly. It's the Bible. I know, I know. But I, I want to start... The good news. It is, but it can be perverted. <laughs> um, so I want to start off with what what we would really consider the quote-unquote less accurate accounts, retellings, interpretations, really whatever you want to call them, the less accurate things that just don't really jive with the Bible but still use it as a blueprint uh-huh. for their form it's of like art. inspired by the Bible. Yeah, loosely inspired by um, characters in <laughs> this book. So the first one that I want to start off with, and to me, legitimately, like I want to start off like far out, okay? Um, I say far out. It, this is still kind of tight because there, there is the, the anchor that's holding us. Is it stories or scripture or something like that that's kind of keeping us close to the Bible? This one, and you can fight me. I don't care. This one to me, I think is the furthest out. And you're going to think I'm a crazy person based on what our next one is. But I think this one is the furthest one out. And this is Noah by Paramount Pictures in 2014. Russell Crowe. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, Um, Russell. So uh, this movie really, in a nutshell, seeks to tell the very familiar story of the Great Flood and Noah's role in it. Um, There just happens to be no real mention of why the flood is happening. Well, like I have to, I'm trying to remember it because it's been a while since I watched this. I right. definitely know there are scenes where they're out like in the secular world right, and people right, are right. just the worst. It's like basically apocalyptic at that point. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, close why, but it's not the why. There was a very specific reason why God was like, mm, mm, no. We're not doing this anymore. Well, you always zero in on this, and I don't. Well, I I'll guess. just I'll just read it to you. How about <laughs> that? We'll just we'll let uh, we'll let the Bible decide here. Um, so um, we're going to be reading um, out of the account in Genesis, and so I believe it is chapter six. It is. It says so. Now it came about that when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and the daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. And that they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. And then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be numbered 120 years. I do not want to live for 120 years, by the way. That's a pretty long lifespan compared to now. But up until this point, it's very short. Extremely. Extremely short. Um, So it picks up here in verse 4. The Nephilim... Um, were on the earth in the in those days and also afterwards, where the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they were bore, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. We're going to come back to that here in just a little bit because that is that's kind of the the crux for the story of Noah um, in this depiction of in the movie. Oh, in the movie, yeah, and okay. also something that you and I kind of go back and forth on a lot. Then the Lord saw the wickedness, in verse 5, of man, 
uh, was great on the earth and that every intent and thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had ever made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. From man to animals to creeping thing to bird of the sky, I am so sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so that little part. Insert flannel graph. Not, not Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, but, um, you know, the, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth and every intent of the heart was only evil continually yeah. all the time. Soups, totes, that, That's what I consider to be the reason, I guess, or what I was always taught. Was sure. Like, here's what, here's when God decided this was all a bad idea, um, where there is a school of thought and is mm-hmm. the one taken, I guess, by the filmmakers. Yeah. That it was actually the, that little prior part about the Nephilim. Right. And, who are the sons of God and all of that. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, Anna and I go back and forth on what we believe the Bible is referring to when it says Nephilim. Um, And this movie does not really help my case with its interpretation of Nephilim, um, which is rock monsters. Rock monsters. Well, hey, side note, pause. Somebody did tell me about a podcast the other day that talks about this. That's like a Hebrew scholar. Okay. And I was like, I guess Bubba and I need to listen to that because... We, unless he doesn't side with me, wildly I'm not interested. have different different opinions on this. So. Yeah, I mean, so just just to give you a quick overview because we don't have a lot of time. Um, my belief on Nephilim is that they were fallen angels, and you know that they had marital Yikes. relations with with the that they were the sons of God that then took wives of the daughters of men that then created all of these beings. And so like, I, I look into like some of the stuff that we see in, you know, uh, Egyptian mythology and Greek mythology and Roman mythology. And I'm like, Hercules, Achilles, like these guys, like some of this stuff, you know, um, Anubis, like these things, like that's the thing that could possibly have happened. Now, again, I'm not saying that it is, it just, I look at that and go, these things don't just come out of thin air all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, long story short, they also interpreted Nephilim um, as monsters, um, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. But but rock monsters. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing that I pulled off of. It's just kind of like, why? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Um, because I had the same exact question. Um, even with my interpretation of Nephilim, I looked at that and go, I don't think I would have landed on Rock Monster. Uh, but this is this is from the um, this is from the director. He's like the director of the writer, screenplay, all that stuff. So according to Darren Aronofsky, um, the Watchers, which is what they they uh-huh. called them, okay, Rock Monsters, who actually ended up helping Noah complete the arc, which I thought was an, another interesting um, storyline there, because we don't read that anywhere in the Bible. <laughs> Um, they were inspired by three images, the six-winged seraphim angels, which is biblically accurate. Sure. Um, a seagull trapped in oil and ballet dancers with blocks attached to their feet. And he says that these are angelic forms captured, malformed, imprisoned by the earth. Okay. So 
the idea there is that the winged creatures who were encased and then had to use their wings and arms as legs. Mm-hmm. So they're like trapped on and right. by the earth. So, not, so they became earth. Not living their best life now. Not even close. And who they were created to be. Yeah, not even close. Okay. Um, so there, there's a lot of biblical inaccuracy um, and inter- over-interpretation. Yeah, like almost none of that comes from the Bible. No. no. Yeah. Even then, like... I don't know that I would go so far as as to make my interpretation of, of what I read there into a movie or a film of any kind because I can't back it up with, sure. yeah. I don't know, almost anything. It's yeah. just like, I, I could see this happening. Yeah. I, that, that, that makes sense to me, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put it out there to then, you know, even now as I'm telling it to you guys and as we've talked about it, Anna, you and I, like, if you don't believe that, you just don't have to. <laughs> like there's there's no reason yeah um, it's very little hanging on that yeah. as far as like the the broad scheme of things right yeah so there's more right so like emma watson is in this movie and i love emma watson um you know like you love her love her i don't i don't mean like love her love oh, her okay. <laughs> you know? um but you know i like her she's she's a really good gwen in um the uh, amazing spider-man movies and there's like I haven't seen. I nobody is surprised by that. Okay. There she's in a lot of other she's stuff. She's in Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. She's Hermione Granger. She Oh, oops, that's not how I thought it was. Who was what? I thinking of? I don't know. Emma Hold Watson on. is Hermione. Pause. Hold the phone. I'm Googling thinking, now. I'm thinking of Oh, help me out. Redhead. I'm trying to help you out. Um Crazy Stupid Love. Um I haven't seen it. The the one where they're her and Ryan Gosling are dancing through L.A. We watched it together. What is her name? This is embarrassing right now. Amy. Nope. Oh, maybe she was in that Rachel. one. I'm getting everybody confused. Hold on a second. She's in Crazy Stupid Love. I will tell well, you that Jennifer for sure. Jennifer Connelly nope. is the wife. No, Emma Watson is in it. I know, but that's not who I'm thinking of. That was in my brain. Ugh. You know, you guys don't need to be a part of this. You know, <laughs> I don't know. you know what I'm. You know I who know I'm talking to tell about. You. Um. Anyway, um, she Emma Watson, who is actually Hermione, um, she is in this, and she plays Shem's. She plays Shem's wife. Um, which in the biblical, uh, you know, um, retelling of the story, the biblical, biblical account, we're just told that she has, or that he has a wife rather, um, not who she is. So her character, that's kind of a big name, um, to drop mm-hmm. in here. Um, just kind of, kind of add it in there. And Are you also of Emma Stone, Emma Stone. Okay. Hey, that Did was Emma, Emma. That was close. All right. Um. Get out of here. Okay. Get out of here. I saw Emma and I went with what I knew. Um, so also, uh, Nemea, or Name, Nachme, you see what I see. Um, it's a variation of Nama. You could, Anyway, she's cast, she's cast as the wife of Noah because she's the sister of Tubal-Cain, which would make Tubal-Cain and Noah related. Like in this story... That's what's going on. So it's Tubal Cain's a bad guy. He is the the bad guy of the story. Um, and so this is this is fairly consistent, honestly, with both Jewish and Christian historical traditions, though 
not proven. It's just kind of like best guess. Yeah, was, this is probably what it what it was. Um, so I would say uh, we'll go and wrap this this Noah part up. I, I would say that this, from like a biblical perspective, um, probably sits like the furthest outside of the source material material for me because it's like it's fraught with artistic very interpretation. Reachy. Yeah, very reachy. Yeah. Um, but it's still close enough, at the very least, to be recognizable as the story of Noah. Yeah, I feel a little bit that same way about uh, and we're not going to talk about it, but uh, uh, the Prince of Egypt. Like, Prince there's of Egypt, a lot yeah. of it that is uh, is good, but there's a lot of stuff that they wrote in that was like, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, don't really know. <laughs> I forget what the the basic follow up to this movie was. Um. I don't it know. had um it was about Moses and it it had um uh Batman in it um Christian Bale yeah um no idea Gods of Egypt or something like that anyway oh wow he was in there uh, he was actually offered the role of um Noah in this movie but had to turn it down and so they just cast him in the next one I'm just gonna I am DB I love IMDB and I'm on it all the time all the time <laughs> So the other one that I want to talk to you about that I think you would probably, the, the a normal human, would say is further out. Um, right, because it seems very weird. Seems very weird, but it, ha- it has a lot more tie-ins that you could, it, not thinking like biblically and spiritually about those things, you could go, yeah, maybe, okay. Maybe, maybe, okay. yeah. Um, but this is a movie called Knowing, all right? And this is by Summit Entertainment. In 2009, it was released. We did a series called Spiritual in our, I'm sorry. Uh, Spirituality in Cinema. Spirituality in Cinema. When we were. It's knowing, it's not the knowing. I thought it was the knowing. But it's IMDb just knowing. says it's knowing. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've been saying that wrong for like years. Yeah, it looks like a decade now that oh we've been saying that wrong. A decade? No yeah. way. Almost. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You're getting old, dude. Yeah, we so, are. No, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't you dare. You're, I, you're older I promised than myself me. I would never get old. You're older than me. So in knowing. Everyone's favorite crazy person, old Nick Cage. Um, he's a professor whose son happens upon a sheet of numbers that predicts major catastrophic events that lead up to the end of the world, the apocalypse. Yes. That's a very broad overview, very tight synoptic overview of what happens across the entire story. Uh-huh. Um, we're not going to get into any of how he finds it, what the people in the story are, what he's a professor at. None of that really matters in the grand scheme of all of this all right um it doesn't really sound all that biblical right aside from like the apocalypse but it actually uses quite a bit of biblical narrative in scripture to to kind of drive the story forward Mm -hmm. um so there are these characters in the film that are very ominous and very terrifying in nature and even actions scary they look real emo they're wearing like black dusters they just show up places and stare at you and they just whisper dark from the yeah yeah Yeah, like that it it looks like they're like driving people crazy it does yeah or like they're gonna abduct you yes which both are true yeah both are true in in this interpretation of what's going on here but they're actually end up not being they are the angel characters like they are the angel characters so in that instance it's like well angels are a terrifying like there's a reason why every time they show up in the bible they're like don't be afraid yeah be not afraid (laughs) 
and people are trembling in fear. Calm down, man. You know, they just uh, went a creepy route they, with yeah, it here. I, well, I mean, they nailed it on the head. And if you yeah. really read about what they looked like, they are weird. Yeah. So they're super weird. They don't look like they are talked about in the Bible. Um, to be fair, the the interpretation that was drawn off of Noah is more accurate than what is here. Not rock monsters, but six wings and oh, all that stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so they're just terrifying. They interpreted terrifying differently here. Um, there's sure. even one point where one of them opens its mouth and blinds Cage's character with a searing oh, bright yeah. light. Uh-huh. Um, so as you start to put the, car- the the pieces together, it's like, okay, yeah. Well, you kind of don't put it together until like the end. You can't. Sorry, spoilers, everybody. Um, well, we're going to spoil the bejeez out of this thing, um, which that's the whole point. It's been 10 years. So these characters are there to presumably like take children in pairs off of Earth to start a new, to start brand new on a different planet. A little bit creepy there. Uh, rapture much. Yeah. yeah kind of a new Earth like who dis. Ch- like, all right, you two children are paired together for the rest of eternity. Well, what, it, what it's kind Don't of like alluding it. to without saying it is um the the age of innocence yeah you know kind of a deal that at one point nick cage is like take me with you and they're like you can't come (laughs) like you're broken or something you know so um ezekiel's vision of a wheel inside of a wheel is also referenced at one point um in Uh a in the crazy woman's cabin um as something that she is like really drawn towards and then we're brought back to that at the end of the film um, and like this is even that wheel in a wheel is realized to be the alien spacecraft of the angels who have legit wispy wings when they shed their quote unquote human form. Right. Like when we don't have to disguise ourselves anymore because we about to take these kids off earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, and then the wisps. It was at that moment that I remember when I saw it the first time, I was like, this is, you've got to be, you got to be kidding me. Like. Oh, really? There's no more interpret. It's at that point that the quote unquote interpretation of the viewer goes out the window. Mm. It's like, these are angels. This is the rapture. This is right. new earth. That's the tree well, of life. Just, yeah, they completely unpack it for you. Absolutely. In that yeah. Well, I mean, it is interesting because definitely, um, especially when you're talking about um, like the apocalyptic literature yeah. of the Bible. And there's like all these creatures and dragons and yeah. weird things. And then people are like, well, you know. It could be a helicopter. Yeah. because I mean, that could seem like a locust. Yeah. That's how coming else, and just eating everything and destroying the earth. How else would, would somebody see how everything? How would you describe? They watched it on YouTube. You, you know, like you have seen the Matrix or whatever. And yeah. you're trying to describe it to somebody who's in the Matrix. Absolutely. How would you even start? Yeah. And I'm like, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. Okay. I don't so, know. like, so, this... so Nick Cage and the knowing people say it's, it's aliens. Yeah. And honestly, like, this movie is dripping with biblical symbolism. And then, like we said, they completely unpack it at the very end for you. But it manages to fall short at like every single turn for us. Angels are aliens. The world um, ends up even burning with fire, which it's is like biblical. Watching the History Channel. Yeah, absolutely. During Easter. Um, <laughs> It, the, the world is burned with fire, um, consumed with that fire. That was scary, by the way. So I hated watching that. Their explanation for that, which is a legitimate yep. biblical thing that is Solar covered flares. in scripture. Solar flare. Which you're like, okay, that could, could happen. happen. 
Okay. So God could make it happen anyway. Absolutely. Any, any, you know, and then you have yeah. the new earth being an actual, literal, completely different planet somewhere else out there in the solar system right. or in space or wherever. And then the rapture of children, it's all close enough to be believable. And then at the end, there's like this kind of tree of life yeah. thing going on. The kids are like walking through this, this un, un, you know, fettered field. Yeah. Um, you know, it's perfect. Garden of at Eden, the, yep. new creation, all that stuff. It's like and then the, there's a glowing tree. At the cusp of wheat right harvest season. Yeah. Um, so, but man, this is like a massive stretch to shift the premise of the b- biblical narrative to basically a sci-fi novel. Right. Um, which is what happens. And, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, I mean, many people are going to say that this is just as believable as anything that any of us would interpret anything out of Revelation 2. Like we talked mm-hmm. about helicopters and TV screens and YouTube and all this stuff, you know, well, you, we, we have to guess what John was seeing, you know, kind of a deal. But it's just not accurate to the source material. Right. You know. Um, I've def- uh, Tim Mackey says that, um, I think it was him, that was saying that Revelation is written by the people the persecuted church for the persecuted church. And unless you are in that demographic, yeah. that it's not going to make a whole lot of sense to you. Well, Revelation itself says that this is the mystery. Mm-hmm. This is the great mystery. There's even a part in Revelation that Jesus tells John the Revelator to say, don't write this stuff down. Well, I think there are things that we cling on to Um and miss some of the really overarching themes unless we have really been in the, in the persecution yeah. situation. You know, like things that we make mountains out of molehills in some instances. Absolutely. And we do that with a lot of the Bible, really. We just don't make we movies do it with about the them. flood. Yeah. We do it with the creation account. Like we do it with a whole bunch of things. Yeah, absolutely. So, a lot of times with the flood, um, we, we leave out all of the floating bodies. So that, yeah. So yeah. one time I was teaching Sunday school um, cause that is something that I do and mm-hmm. have done, um, that hey, I you had your shot at the beginning age. of the episode. Okay. <laughs> I was teaching Sunday school and we were talking about Noah and the ark and this was, uh, I, th- I think kindergarten, I think I was teaching kinder and there, I have a friend who has a little boy who is, he's a deep thinker. Mm-hmm. And asked me that question that every Sunday school teacher like is telling ourselves we're not going to be asked when we teach the story of Noah. And that is, um, Miss Anna, I have a question. What happened to all the other people? <laughs> like, well, that's about all the time we have for Sunday school today. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just color your page, Timmy. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, anyway, guys, that is just some of the movies and entertainment out there that just yeah, totally just, just some. that's just two of them and there are more so many more there are more so many more believe us um but that's all the time we have for right now in this segment to talk about movies that miss the mark biblically speaking yeah yeah um, but hey don't go anywhere the church nerds Anna and i will return in a while right here on back row radio Round two, fight. 
Welcome back to Church Nerds. And if you're just now joining us um, here on Back Row Radio or the Live 36 Survive app or anywhere that you podcast with us, we are talking about, in the last segment, we talked about Christian entertainment that misses the mark. I say Christian entertainment. It's, no, this is very specific. This is like taking biblical... Using biblical source material yes, for entertainment. Not just like morally ambiguous, you know, like... Yeah. Uh, like like to save a life or or soul surfer or any of th- those things that it's like right. you know this is how we apply a Christian principle to a modern situation. This is this is like Noah stuff in stuff in Moses, scripture. Yeah. biblical accounts of things. Um, in the last section, we talked about stuff that uses that source of material and totally misses it. Kind of butchers, yeah, big time. A little bit. It's like if I squint. I can see it. Like done done decently well on a production oh, yeah. level, but just on a theological level, super cringy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in this segment, um, what we want to do is we want to talk about things that are on the flip side. And I just want to point out that in the last section, we did not even scratch the surface. No. We didn't talk about one of my, favorites, my, my favorite misses in all of that source material stuff, and that's Ninja Angels from the, uh, the Bible. The Bible. It was like a four-part series. Yeah, the, the made-for-TV miniseries mm-hmm. um, that people love and was repurposed into, what was it called? I don't know. The Christ. Or I don't remember what it was, but it was, they did just the the Jesus part of it, and then they released it as a movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, we watched it. I watched, we watched it. that with somebody, and then I was like, I mean, yeah. I struggle a little bit with reading accounts of like King David and stuff like that, because he has some moments that are pretty low, mm-hmm. obviously, which yeah. we need to read about those things. But I was like, it was it was a whole different a whole different set of things that I'm like, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> God didn't hate him, I, but I kind of hate him. I right remember, <laughs> I, I, I vividly remember Ninja Angels in um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And I was like, Oh yeah. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you leave that out of the Bible? That's what I want to know. Anyway, so yeah. in this we're not going to dwell on it. I could we could do 12 just, more podcasts it's just, just on sheerly for entertainment value. That's that's you like a whole nother that. <laughs> That's a whole nother sub podcast. But we do not endorse it. Everyone. No. It is not church nerds endorsed. Go and watch all of the stuff that we talk about. Like, please, by all means. <laughs> Form your own opinions. Yeah, but. The, We're not going to tell you what to believe. Yeah. So let's except look. Except don't believe that. Ninja Angels. <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's look forward and talk about some interpretations that we think got pretty dang close. Um, Decent. Yeah. I, Decent. I, don't, I don't know if we're going to. Nobody we will ever really know. We couldn't have done better. We'll say. I, I, I probably would have done Rock Monsters. You know, who knows? Um, you better not. But we're gonna we're gonna start off with one which everybody knows. All right. If you don't know it, I question if you are a Christian in America, <laughs> right? Or maybe you're very recently converted. Well, yeah, you're new. It's fine. It's Possibly. Okay. No shade. This sh- is not a new movie. No shade. All right. No shade. The what? Passion when, when, of the Christ. When did this come out? I was in high school. I didn't write down the year. I didn't. You can IMDb it. I'll let you do that. Come on, IMDb. Um. But it came out when I was in high school, and I know this um, because at the time, at the time, churches were buying out basically showings in movie theaters. They would buy every ticket. The big, yeah. the big ones in our the area. Theater is we 
Central Baptist Church or whatever Baptist Church. Yeah, wow. Or, just name dropping there. I was just saying well, the big I think ones. The, I think First Church of the Nazarene, as it was called wow. back then, did one. Doing I, it, just, I bet First Baptist did it. Jeez, you just can't stop, can I'm you? Just, just saying, just, like, no it chill was there. the thing that churches were doing. If you were a large church in the area, chances oh, are... 2004. 2004. Oh, hey, that was the year I graduated. So, I was barely in high school. So, I mean, we were talking about this. Like, I don't know what, I I haven't really read what inspired Mel Gibson to be like, I think I'm going to make a a, a movie about somebody being nailed to a cross. He had just come off of Lethal Weapon 12 and was like, (laughs) this is what I got to do with my life. Amidst all of the other life happenings that he. Freaking Mel Gibson, (laughs) man. Anyway. May the Lord bless you and keep you, Mel Gibson. <laughs> but he does this movie, and by all accounts, it was a like really well received. Well, like the people who worked on the film, it was life changing to yeah. a lot of them. They were like weird stuff happened. I mean, like it was just yeah. a very emotional when they were and filming the crucifixion and experience stuff like that. Yeah, for a like, lot of these people. So I don't know what inspired him to to do this project, but when he did it, the evangelical community was like. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are jumping on that bandwagon. This is our meal ticket. Rent out the theater. <laughs> we are doing it. And it. And they did. I mean, and we we had our Evangel Cubes. And we yep. had like, and it was like, bring all your friends. Yeah. They're all going to get saved at the theater. And we're all going to be crying together. There's going to be snot everywhere. Here's the deal. It if, was not a COVID-19 no, safe event. No, no, no. <laughs> this this is kind of like a thing that it's like, if, if you didn't cry... You um, felt, you wondered if you were a Christian. You need to go back to church camp. Um, you need to get saved again. You need to rededicate yeah. your life, get saved and rededicate your life. If Maybe you're asking get, how Bubba and I know this. Rebaptize just to be sure. I think I force myself to cry. If I'm being honest, this is a moment of vulnerability with you, the listeners. I, I, I have definitely cried about the crucifixion of Jesus before, mm-hmm. usually in more personal times. Sure. Um, during the movie, I was I I don't know. I was just like, I think I'm supposed to be. It crying gets very right graphic. Now. Everybody else is crying right now. Yeah. Just squeeze a few. Yeah. Tears out. I mean it, and I I watched people, and you if you were one of these people that did cry, and still cry, hey man, that's okay. Yeah. That's one hundred percent okay. I also want to say, if you're one of the people who didn't cry, you're okay. That doesn't mean that you don't love Jesus. It does not mean that because Jaboy has never cried during Passion of the Christ. I'm one of those guys, and maybe this is exactly what it is. I'm one of those guys when other people are crying, I just want to look at, I just want to watch them. <laughs> I know this from experience. Yes, when you cry. Oh my gosh. We, we watched Hamilton, Hamilton a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting behind you. Have we talked you. about this already? I don't know. I was sitting behind you. And I knew you were crying, and I leaned there over the couch. There are a few moments in Hamilton that are very sad. And I am pregnant and a little oh, emotional yeah. as it is, and specifically dealing with a child death. I was like, yep, that was it. That was I the cannot with this right now. This is happening. I'm crying, and I do not feel bad about this. I don't want to stop you from crying. But I just like, want to see he's it. sitting behind me. And I'm looking at the TV screen because our friend is over. So she's sitting on the couch with me. And all of a sudden I see Bubba's head creep <laughs> forward, like staring at me. 
<laughs> and then creep back. I just wanted and to be I'm sure. Like, you turd. I just leave bit, me alone. I'm allowed to cry right now. I think Lin Manuel Miranda you're would fine, be fine, you're fine with this. You're fine. Well, I mean, so here's the deal. Getting back to Passion of the Christ, um, this was a bold move for churches because it was a, like ticket prices are not cheap. Like this is a this was turning your church into a pokey stop. Basically, yes. Um, <laughs> but like it, it was a it was a fairly big endeavor to say, hey, we're going to buy all X seats. And I don't know what. It's a lot of I money. Mean, maybe they get a bulk rate because they weren't probably going to fill every single seat. No nope. way. <laughs> nope. I used to work at the movie theater. Um, and unless you, you legit went to. For all they're worth. Unless you rented it out when it wasn't normally open. So which were the cheap the cheap churches that got the matinee rates? Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Or can you do a rated R movie at a, on a matinee? Uh, yeah, a matinee yeah? is matinee. Okay. Yeah, or at least it was. So anyway, it was a bold move by churches and that it maybe paid off. Um, I know we talked about evangelicals like just jumped on. Yep. Um, we even like this movie was so pivotal for evangelicals that it's probably still being shown. Yeah. Like as like, hey, we're having a church movie night. Come watch Passion of the Christ. Well, and I mean, I would recommend it. Like, yeah. so one of the things as far as the whole not crying thing. Is like, if you've been in church your whole life, you think about the crucifixion of Christ and what in, an intense yeah. thing that was on a yearly basis, at least. And sometimes on a weekly basis, if you go to a church where communion yeah. is served yeah. every week, like we think about this a lot. And so seeing it depicted and we know like at least Awana kids do, usually you have an in-service come in and where they talk about how painful it was and how gory it was and oh, how yeah. we could never even make a movie about this because it was so gory. And that, you know, at this time it was like the passion of the Christ doesn't even cover it because you couldn't really even recognize this was a human being and, you know, all this well, stuff. So that's a, We've already thought about all this. That's a very good point. And it's one that we didn't even talk about to talk about here, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. You mentioned earlier that it was R-rated and it was... I don't know that it was the first R-rated Christian movie. I can't remember. I can't remember if House came out. No, House came out later. After? Okay. So we're, we're not going to talk about House. Oh, I forgot about House. Yeah. Until we, until not going to talk about that. Um, but but anyway, um, it was rated R because of, of the, the brutality violence. and violence. You, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a moment where like the cat of nine tails comes around, um, you know, Jesus ribcage. And it like rips flesh and you can see his bone. If and you're, you're squeamish, like, just turn this down right now, I guess. You know? <laughs> and so, but like, and then it comes across his eye. Like, it, I mean, they're very graphic. Oh, yeah, blood in his eye. And honestly, like, still probably not even close no. to yeah. what it was like. No. Because anytime the in-service came by or somebody was talking about or we're doing research about the crucifixion and all this stuff, it was like, we look at it now because we have so many pictures of Jesus on a cross, and we're like, eh. And we're like, no, like that was the pinnacle yeah. of Roman torture one of the and worst murder. Way, one of the worst ways to die. Because it was it was so long. It was so prolonged, and especially yes. the way that Jesus went through it with you know getting his lashes and then having to carry his cross and get up on the cross and just the robe being all of put it. on him, ripped off, crown of thorns, all of it, you know, all these you things. Know, and you get to see that in, right. in the Passion of the Christ, yeah. And so it's brutal. There are liberties. Let's just let's just say it. They, yep. they do take liberties, um, and that's mm -hmm. o that's okay. Right. I think a couple of weird moments in um, the film. You know, they they feel uh, 
they took interactions and depictions and the stories and stuff like that, that, that weren't talked about in scripture. Um, but that are accounts in scripture. Right. So, so, so you're talking I mean, like, so the beginning of the movie the of is the, movie. the garden of Gethsemane, yeah. I believe. I'm pretty and, sure that that's where we start. And like the, the, the Satan. It was, well, it's, uh, it's Jesus. First, first well, of all, you've got Jesus like cry, like this, this is the opening. Sweating blood. Yeah, he's like asking God to take this cup from him. Right. Like what a freaking powerful moment to start off with, right? Yeah. Like Jesus, the, one of the most controversial parts of Jesus' entire life is him asking God, can hey man, not, if there's like any other way. Please, can we not? Yeah. So like, I yeah. love that. That's a bold move to start with. But then we do, we get to see the depiction of of Satan, of, right. of the devil character. So it kind character. of scratches that it, like almost the thriller um I mean, yeah. he's creepy. So typically, Satan, mm-hmm. when we see him depicted in art and stuff in the past, and obviously we know that this is not a biblical interpretation. This came right. from all kinds of other places. But, it's, you know, the red guy with yep. the weird beard and the horns and the pitchfork and the tail shaped like a little arrow. And yep. uh, he's kind of a... Um, a a fawn almost he's yeah. got like goat legs and all this stuff and that this is not <laughs> we None were talking about this i was like he, he reminds me a lot more of like senator or emperor palpatine yeah he's he's like Star an Wars. emaciated yeah emperor he's like palpatine. pale robed and just creepy as well honestly like we say he like in it, the movie it, yeah, it's kind of androgynous, kind of androgynous yeah. you know because i don't it, it just it leaves everything open to Except you just know, this, yeah, you, it, that's it, bad, and and I don't like that. Nothing, nothing about uh, Satan or the, this devil character is like demon king. You know, like I, I'm gonna get you. It's all I'm, I'm basically going to reason with you. Like I'm, I'm trying to well, convince like, you, manip- manipulate you. you. I'm trying to convince you yeah. of these things, which is far more accurate to the biblical Satan that we see throughout everything. Comes as an angel of light. Yes. Trying to convince Jesus that he's kind of, yes. hey, you can have the power if you want to just and take it, want, man. You know, so like I I really, this is weird, but I like appreciated that that depiction sure. of. It's sinister, but in a different way. Yes. Yeah. Still creepy. But, um, you know, so like there's there's a lot. I mean, and there there are so many more like, things that it did well um but it was we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier it's it's an artistic um representation of the jesus film right so i mean because we were like bubba asked me as we were getting ready for this what are some what are some films of like biblical stories that you think really really made it like really hit the nail on the head and i was like I can't really think of any. (laughs) Um, And the passion of the Christ is pretty good. I just always struggle when there are things interpretively added, but on an artistic level. So we were talking about, you know, the the Jesus film Mm -hmm. is about as straightforward as you can get, but it's it's like a completely different thing because the purpose of it is to take it into cultures, into illiterate cultures a lot of the time so that they can have some frame of reference for this, like just be told, it in some way without having to learn a language and you know teach an entire culture how to read before you can really right you know and so it's very straightforward and they don't want to put anything in there that could like twist anything it's where we as an american culture 
have this palette for for film that is like incredibly complex. Yeah. Like what makes a good movie? Well, it has to have this and this and this and this and this. And if it doesn't have those things, it's crap. Right. You know, and and so Mel Gibson and and company mm-hmm. that we are who he is. He's trying to make it something that the American or the Western world can take seriously. Yeah. Did a good job. Did a great job. But it's not what I would take into, um, right. you know, the Amazon jungle into a, you know, a people group in the Amazon jungle and show. It's the Jesus film for America. Sure. You know, and I, I think it did a really good job. And I, even all the way through to the very end of it, like it tells the story of Jesus. It just tells the story of Jesus. So much so that, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, Christ rises from the dead and his grave clothes are left behind and he walks out of the tomb, leaving it empty. Like that is a setup for what was supposed to be the second film, um, which was, uh, I think it was the, the Risen or Risen or something like that. That was going to talk about all the things that happened after. Um, I don't know. Luke Acts. Luke Acts, yeah. <laughs> um, but... But all that to say, just the Passion of the Christ. If you haven't seen it, pretty it, good. It's good. We yeah. think we think we're gonna we're putting this one on the good list. Um, and really quickly here at the end, and honestly, this this is too short amount of time to really get into how how great this is. But I think it's still, I think it might take top spot for me. And I know we're only giving it just a couple of minutes here, but that's the brand new um, TV series called The Chosen. And you can actually watch um, episode one on YouTube. Just go watch it. It's great. Um, this is this is the one, right? Like this is uh, words words like VidAngel and PureFlix. They're sometimes still the butt of jokes. I know that we've made a couple of jokes here on Church Nerds about it. Guilty. Um, Guilty as charged. But, but this, The Chosen, is a VidAngel production, and it totally redeems it for me. Mm. Um, and there's another one coming out through VidAngel that is um, uh, Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ. Uh, it looks like it's very well mm-hmm. done and all sorts of stuff. And for me, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm not a huge fan of Christian entertainment films. <laughs> I think they're terrible. Um, I could name a lot, but I don't want to do that. I know that there are people that listen to this podcast that enjoy Christian films, and I love that you love them. Uh-huh. They just, for me... I don't like being shanghaied into something that are like, hey, have your friends and watch this and they're right. going to love it. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, I'll, I'll just go watch something else. So I trick people into and teach them about Jesus through that. Like I'll sure. do I'll do I'll do a Paul in that, you know, like, but the chosen, this is dope. Like this is so good. It's it's engaging. Um, it's enthralling. What it does is it takes the stories of the people that legitimately existed in, in episode one, um, it's masterfully done. Um, it talks where the Bible doesn't say anything. And a lot of people are like, well, the Bible doesn't speak. We are silent. Okay. This takes the opposite approach. And it says where the Bible doesn't give you conversations in context where a lot of times I really wish that the Bible would elaborate. I find myself a lot of times kind of saying in my head, like, oh man, I want to know what is going on right here. What do they say? How do the people react to this thing that happens? Um, But The Chosen, it builds the story around the narrative without ruining it. Um, They even have a whole host of like biblical scholars like on board to keep them true to biblical, historical, and traditional accounts. 
of what's happening in that time period and with which is those what people. seemed like maybe didn't happen with the knowing and <laughs> and noah they got the guy with the afro yes. alien hair aliens. Uh, i mean he doesn't have alien yeah. hair but the you all know who i'm talking about yeah they they asked the questions that nobody else was asking and, and the other ones it was like well what if mm. this was like well what happened mm-hmm. you know um so um Really, the first episode, uh, and that's what we just want to focus on right now. There's a whole season one, and they're, they're working on season two. The first episode focuses on the origins of Mary Magdalene, Andrew and Simon, um, Matthew the tax collector, and Nicodemus. And that seems like a lot, like a ton of storylines to follow in a single episode. Not, well, um, not really. Not really? It doesn't? It seems like Downton a lot to Abbey? me. Oh, freaking down, Abby. I mean, lots of that's 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 the way TV has gone, right? But it's it seems like a lot because it's very hard to keep that pace. Sure. Like, hey, here's 15 characters. Um, we're going to give you character development on all of them. Usually, what happens is you start off strong with that many characters, and then each subsequent episode kind of focuses on a different right character. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, you've got these characters here. Um, but the what what they did even in this first episode, which I thought was really great, was they they flowed they, they allowed those stories to flow into each other. So like for instance, Nicodemus is the one who is called in by the Roman centurions to cast the demons out of Mary Magdalene. Um, doesn't work because you know that's not how the story goes. But you know it Nicodemus is called in to be that guy that does that. He gets like freaked out and terrified and starts to ask all these questions. Okay, it doesn't work. So he goes away. And then you have Andrew and, and Simon Peter who are coming in and they're paying their taxes to Matthew, the tax collector. Um, so we get to see these mm-hmm. these characters, you know, these storylines kind of overflow. Um, and it, it just is really good. Um, the show is gorgeous and it manages to steer clear of a lot of the stigmas that I think that most Christian entertainment um, seems to really like charge headfirst into, which is really cheesy for almost no reason at all um and you kind of lose sight of a grip on reality you know like how does how how is this viewed by the world Mm -hmm. um and this starts completely outside of christianity because christianity does not even exist yet right at the beginning of this yeah there are spiritual things and spiritual forces at work we get to see nicodemus and mary magdalene but it's it's on the outside, um, mm-hmm. but we have a friend of well, ours. I mean, I I um, <laughs> I was kind of looking around at what our friends had said because I haven't seen the chosen and I want to, yeah, but and we I haven't seen it yet. Um, and so I was kind of looking all the time when stuff like this comes out. I kind of pay attention to who really gets on board with it and who doesn't. Right. Because it's like, do I trust this person's theology or not? And that kind of thing. Sure. Um, And it's, I mean, it's been well received by all of my most solid friends. So that speaks well for it, you know, to me. Um, But I I read, I had forgotten about this post that um, Aaron Warmbier, so uh, your other Mm -hmm. co-host, Matt, his wife, and they have, they have five kids. Yes, they do. Their littlest one, her name is Penny. Love her to death. And she is two. I think she's two. Yeah, she's young enough to be hilarious. That's and for sure. And she loves Bubba. And I love her back. Yeah. Um, but she is in that stage where she just says, like, they, they just are, they just interpret the world a little bit differently when they're that age. Um, and so this is, this is what happened in their house. Um, 
Aaron says, the context you need to know in order to understand this adorable and hilarious little two-year-old penny quote is this. We got the video game Animal Crossing at the beginning of the pandemic. In this game, your character lives on an island, which you're responsible for taking care of. You may visit other people's islands in the game. So the conversation in our home for about four weeks centered around people coming to visit my island. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so... We also started watching the show The Chosen during this pandemic. It's a really well-done episodic show about the life of Jesus. It's beautiful and funny and down-to-earth and everything I want a Jesus movie to be without all of the cheesiness and Jesus is so holy that he looks grumpy and standoffish type (laughs) vibes you normally get in Jesus movies. One episode... Sorry, one episode had Jesus befriending kids, and it was such a beautifully written, genuine episode that our kids were bouncing up and down and laughing along with Jesus and the children on on screen. Halfway through, Penny was so taken with him that she started saying with great joy, that's our Jesus. We love Jesus. She's said this in every following episode, too, and at, re- and at random times of day since then. <laughs> then a few minutes later, she leaned in close to me and asked in earnestness and awe, Jesus love me? So that night when I tucked her in bed, she had so many questions about Jesus and where he is and how he loves her and how she loves him. And then she said, Mommy, I want Jesus to come to our island. By which she meant that she really wants Jesus to come to our house. But from now on, I will always say to myself when I'm really wishing I could just see Jesus right now, I want Jesus to come to our island. The end. Wow, you got through that without crying. I didn't cry, you guys. I wasn't confident. Yeah, Anna, she told me she couldn't read that because when she did the first time, she started to really tear up. So (laughs) It's uh, like trying to read your kids that book, um... I love you forever. Oh, that one makes me cry. <laughs> Get out. Some things are, you just can't read them aloud. Yeah. You got to read them in your mind. Or at all. Um, so, I mean, with that quote, like the chosen, it just, I it, watch it. Mm-hmm. Just watch it. Like it, it's the thing that I have been waiting for. And it's a thing that I feel 100% comfortable recommending to my non-Christian friends. Mm-hmm. Like if I if you if you give me you say you can recommend one Christian thing to somebody I always say I'm going to recommend the Bible get off my back okay <laughs> but like if 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 I could say you you only watch one thing watch the chosen that'll help you understand why I believe the things that I believe that'll help you understand why I have the relationship that I do with Jesus and who the Jesus is that I actually have a relationship with mm-hmm. which no. is not the the white guy with the Blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah, and... holding the baby lamb yeah. or the baby raptor, depending on which <laughs> part of the internet you're on. Um, so, but here's the deal. The, the, ba- the Chosen is basically a crowdfunded project um, that you should support. We're, we're going to figure it out. I haven't talked to you about this. We're going to figure it out. You have not. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, you can head on over to thechosen.tv, T-H-E-C-H-O-S-E-N.tv, and check it out. Um, when I looked, it looked like they were almost funded for season two. So there is no like major studio behind them. It's it's a VidAngel production, but it's crowdsourced, crowdfunded kind of mm-hmm. a deal. Um, watch it. Make your own determinations. But then if you can, you probably should. Um, so guys, this is it, right? Like we... We took a look at about five, I think I counted up as about five uh, different biblical interpretations. Some hit the mark, some completely whiffed and missed it. Um, 
we want to know what are some of your favorite representations of the Bible in entertainment? And conversely, um, what are some of your least favorites? Because we didn't touch on hardly any of them. We didn't. Um, let us know on Twitter at ChurchNerdsLTM. Hit us up. We want to know. Um, Ann and I are going to take a short break. Uh, but when we come back, we will have our nerdy recommendation for this episode and your church nerds memory verse. I hope you guys are learning them. Um, we're handing out badges. No, no we're, we're not. not. <laughs> it's all moral. <laughs> moral victories. So sit back and enjoy some sweet tunes here on Back Row Radio. We are back with our nerdy recommendation of the day and our church nerds memory verse to close out the show. And Anna, what is our nerdy recommendation? Uh, so this is a game that we played on the stream that I enjoyed quite a lot. It was fun. It's called Sonora. I am glad that you enjoyed it. I did. I liked Hard it. Hard stop. I really am. Because we didn't, we didn't debrief about any of the games no. that I made you play. <laughs> but I am glad because this is a game that has been literally calling to me. Oh, Yeah. That one and Control over here, they're made uh -huh. by the same company. They've been literally calling to me, and I was super bummed. The last convention that I went to, they were supposed to be there, uh -huh. and because of Rona Lisa, oh, they backed out. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well, it's Pandasaurus Games is who... Did you know that they're like in Austin? No? Yeah. Huh. It was like right over there in Austin. Well, maybe that's why it's called Sonora. Field trip. I don't, I don't know. Um, so anyway, Sonora is a, it's a desert-themed flick-and-write game. So I really have been enjoying the and write and right games. There's yeah. roll and writes. There's flip and writes. This one is a flick-and-write. It's kind of a, a different little thing. Yep. So it's sort of a dexterity game. Well, there's a dexterity element to it. You've got little tokens, and you have a board, and you're trying to flick your token you know, it's kind of like kind of like darts where it's like, you know, you're trying to hit certain marks. And if it lands in certain regions, then you get to write certain things on your board. Yep. And, you know, you're you can take a, whole, a lot of different strategies about how really to can. rack up your your points. And so it's very open ended because of that, which I think might be. I mean, you could try a, a whole bunch of different things. It's kind of like Carcassonne or anything yeah. where you, you can take several different strategies and your strategy may just need to change yeah. based on where your your tokens end up landing because um, other players can affect that and stuff like that. It's kind of like in like pool. We played it two player. And I we was just thinking, I was talking to Matt on, uh, we recorded free play yesterday and I was telling him about it and I was like, I could... I only I would only imagine what it's like to play four player. I don't know. And there's twenty pucks. I thought maybe we could try that with the Jordan and Ellie this weekend. You got weekend. it. You got That'd it. Be fun. Anyway, and it's and it's pretty. It's very pretty. It's desert themed. So you've got you've got the owl section and you've got like lizard section and ra jack rabbits and yep. uh, what's the other one? Foxes. Foxes. Yeah. Um, and I guess for us, that's kind of fun. We kind of grew up in the desert yeah. areas. What's up, New Mexico? Uh, but I mean, it's it's gorgeous, and yeah. it's I like I said, it can be very different every time you play. Oh yeah, it is for um, one to four players. Yep, ages ten and up, and really, you could play with younger players as long as you score it for them. Sure, and maybe they don't even want to score. Maybe they just want to flick the little agents of chaos. I know yeah. Caleb played it, and he's eight. And I don't know. I mean, did you play with him? 
didn't you taught him how to play it before you taught me how to play it? No, I I opened it in front of him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. He didn't play it. He will play it. There's some there's some multiplication involved, you know, and, uh, yeah. and a lot of adding and stuff. So the the ten and up, it's strictly for that reason. Uh, just some of the math. Involved. It's very clerical. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there. But. You know, especially like you could play it with a child if you wanted to have them flick the things and then you scored the yeah scored the stuff. There's definitely ways to include everybody. Yep. Anyway, yeah, that's, so that's that was my recommendation. Sonora by Sonora, Pandasaurus Games. S O N O R A. And this will be in the show notes. Um, and if you go to our website, lovethynerd.com slash church nerds, and you click on our episode page, if you're ever looking for the stuff that we're talking about, scroll down. Um, there is a section down there that is episode links or something like that. I forget what it's called, but that's where we put all of this information. So it's not in the description box right below. You got to keep scrolling down and it's down there. Um, but we put all the stuff that we say, hey, go look on our in mm-hmm. our show notes. That's where it is. So uh, lovethynerd.com slash, what did I say? Church Nerds, <laughs> the name of this podcast. Hey, how about our Church Nerds memory verse? I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a ton of fun with this church nerds memory verse thing taking you back to sunday school um maybe it's because we don't have sunday school right now we do not yeah we don't have sunday school and you don't know what you got <sighs> oh i do i'm teaching but for for the little bitty uh, yeah i guess um so here it is matthew five sixteen. in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven Again, Matthew five sixteen. This has been thoughts for your thoughts. Thoughts for your thoughts. No, I. If you say that next week, we'll give you a piece of candy and a sticker. <laughs> I picked that one just because I was thinking about how, um, you know, we can try and we can try and depict what happens in the Bible on screen yeah. all the time, but ultimately we all know that you may be the only Bible Whoa, someone ever reads. What a bumper sticker I, quote you just threw out. <laughs> this, uh, that's one of those, um, my one of my favorite memory verses that is not in the Bible. Yeah, you may be the only Bible someone ever <laughs> or, reads. Or uh, what is... Um, I say that with that accent. Like, I don't say that to people because I totally do. T- preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. Yeah, St. Francis that kind of thing. Like, your life is going to, be, to do more for the kingdom of heaven than... than uh, Mel Gibson and his wonderful films. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, well, hey, be sure to check us out online at lovethynerd.com for amazing articles on all things nerdy, as well as all these shows and other podcasts and videos and all of the stuff that we've got going on. And if you would like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, please visit lovethynerd.com partner. We are a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. I had some coffee that I had to swallow at that moment right there. But it's still true. Your gift is tax deductible. And if you're interested or somebody that you know might be interested, as I mentioned previously, we are streaming gaming content on Twitch every Tuesday through Saturday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. All you have to do is go to twitch.tv slash lovethynerd for more info. And you can also find us on social media at lovethynerd on all major platforms and at churchnerdsltn on Twitter. And as always, right back here on Back Row Radio each and every Friday morning. All right. Well, once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And we'll catch you next week, hopefully, on another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this today, I promise it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. <laughs>